0: Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for another episode of our series, Let's Talk About. And this week, we've got a very special guest because John Gibson is away on his jollies. So welcoming back to the podcast is an old friend, Stuart Jameson. You might remember Stu during lockdown because he was part of the team that brought you the popular, unpopular opinion series where we spoke about quite a few things, including, I think, that, Kevin Keegan shouldn't have come back the second time around, which was my unpopular opinion, and there were plenty more. You can search it on the podcast channel. It's been a while though, Stu. How are you doing? You keeping well? Good, thank you. Yeah, yourself? Yeah. Good to be back on. Yeah, can't complain. Although the hail has just started outside, and it's like thunderous, so it's going to put the window through. But other than that, I'm surviving just about. I'm, I'm excited to talk about today's episode because we've gone off the pitch. And we've gone to something that a lot of fans are talking about. And today's episode is all about a potential fan zone outside of St. James's Park. So, yes, let's talk about a fan zone. Um, it's something that's long been muted, especially since the takeover was uh, completed. Then, obviously, they've bought the land back, Stuart Strawberry Place. Now, we assumed that was to expand the stadium, but obviously that's probably going to take a fair few years to to get underway. So the short-term use of that land looks like it will be a fan zone. There aren't too many of them about in the Premier League. The the more uh, seen over in Europe and in America, which lends its hand to Darren Eels because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Atlanta have quite a, a, a decent fan zone over there. And he was, of course, um, involved with that. Closer to home, you have Man City and the Etihad. There's one at Liverpool, I think, when they've got 4 pm kickoffs, but not too many, as I say, in the Premier League. I mean, is it something you think, first of all, Newcastle United need to enhance match day experience? Yeah, I mean, if
1: you look from the club's point of view, they've, they've got very limited opportunities, haven't they, to, to really monetise a huge amount of fans coming to St James's Park. If, I mean, next season, there's only. What twenty two guaranteed games at St James is probably more, I guess, if you could take in your nineteen Premier League games and and now course, three guaranteed home Champions League matches. So it's 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 a very small window cost that the St James for a whole load of things, but to try and enhance that matchday experience, there's there's only one way you can do that really, and that's by creating more of a sort of a hub around the game, um, to get fans in the city earlier, to get fans perhaps even staying afterwards, you know, in and Sunday games, Saturday afternoon games, everyone just leave St james has done it by six o'clock it's all it's all gone uh, and a three o'clock kickoff um so i think it, it, it would be a positive thing for not only the club but the city as well Um, i think if it's done properly which everything suggests the way the the run thing so far that it would be wouldn't it uh, and i think getting seller on board seems to be the the big step towards the just doing it in, in the right possible way and rolling out using someone with some experience of 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 these sort of occasions and events and how to how to manage it and how to how to maximize it, I guess, is for want of a better word, um, and I think it'll benefit the fans as well. It's, it's something which I think will, will create a better match day experience.
0: Mm. And obviously, Newcastle United announced that Seller was the front of shirts partnership um, not yeah. too long ago, and in the statement that came with that announcement was all about what Seller has done in the Middle East. And they they, they they do host these, you know, big events. Everything's bright and bold and, you know, their portfolio includes the rear Boulevard which turned black and white for the launch of the new kit. So yeah, didn't they? it did, yeah. So Seller have this experience and it, it, in a way, it's another tip to the hat of of, of of the owners because what they've done is they've gone out and got a company that knows what they're doing and they've done that with the appointments they've made in the boardroom with Dan Ashworth, with Darren Eales and they're putting people in, in in charge of projects who are experienced and know what they're doing rather than saying, oh, we'll do it ourselves and we'll see where we end up. You know, they're putting the right people yeah. in place f- to get the maximum results.
1: Completely. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a classic business strategy, isn't it? The, the, the best business leaders are the ones who surround themselves with people who know better than them almost. Uh, and I think it's it's something which takes a bit of bravery from some people is because you have to have a lack of ego to be willing to say, right, you know, better than me, you come in and do it. Um, but it's that ability to know who the right people are, which can make all the difference, I think. Um, and obviously this side of things just seem to have presented itself with, a, with an ideal opportunity for which, which works for both parties. Um, what what it entails, I think we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Um, the space is there, isn't it? I think that's probably something which stops a lot of clubs doing it outside of financial abilities. Is that Newcastle now have the actual the perfect space outside the ground to to do with and to, and to do what they like with essentially? Um, I can't imagine there's going to be any, many objections to sort of revitalising that area, um, and actually turning it into something which is going to be a, a positive. Uh, for more
0: than just a football club, I should imagine. Yeah, yeah, I to- totally agree. And it's going to be interesting to see, indeed, what they do with it. I mean, they've been very keen to point out this this proposal for fans. And so, Like we say, they mentioned it there in the sponsor. Then when the news came about the, the season ticket renewals, they mentioned it again in there. And, you know, yeah. they're very keen, I think, to, to point out that this is what they plan to do. And it, it, it's not going to be cheap, but it's what they want to do and it's going to be to the to the benefit of the fans. Now as um someone who goes to the games regularly Stu as a I hope you do not mind me saying as a, as a father to a, to a young uh, Newcastle United supporter yeah. what do you want to see I guess first of all as a fan and, and and maybe as a as a dad as well because that's where some of the debate is happening is it going to be bars for fans to go and have a good drink or does it need to have a family uh, kind of feel to it because obviously not, the fan base is split in in that dynamic as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's a very good point actually because I, and I, and I can't imagine this, it would go down this way. Of course there's going to be sort of bar entertainment element to it and that's, that would make sense to be fair, wouldn't it? Um, it but I can't imagine it, it can't just be that, that's not what a fan park is really, isn't it? Because these, these places already exist around the, the city, you know, there's, there's loads of bars packed for fans pre match and that's great obviously that revenue is not coming to the club of course but there has to be a reason for for people to to come in other than that um you know you wouldn't really go into a, the bar i mean you could do plenty of them but you wouldn't necessarily go into the bars with you know 10 11 year olds before the match not for any really length of time timeen really, anyhow. um so you got you need somewhere for them for them to go beforehand so there, there could be all sorts of different things and I mean obviously the the question is as whether this is just match days as well, or whether it's something they could use outside of match days um, to get people to come up in, to go into town for you know get get some a good reason to actually be there. Um, so there's all sorts of things, isn't there? You know, getting the kids involved with certain you know football activities. You know that you can imagine that there's a limitless number of games where you know you got to get the ball through the net or beat certain keepers. Obviously, that there's limiters what they can use the players for, but certainly if there's there's players who aren't involved in the match day squad for whatever reason. Be nice to see some of them get down pre-match. Um, it, it'd be quite difficult to, to manage that, but you, you think there'd be a way, wouldn't there, where they could get the kids involved with with some of the players around there as well. Um, it, it needs to be something for all the family, though, doesn't it? Whilst technology and there's going to be bar, I mean, restaurants is a good way of doing it. You know, there's yeah, everyone's queued up for uh, some of the food inside St James's Park, and if you could do, if you could raise that level to something a bit more of a pleasant experience. We've seen it in other places around the city, haven't we, with, with like pop up areas. It's not too hard to do, to be honest with you. I don't know whether they want to involve local businesses in it, you know, get um, get people involved with their little restaurants and things like that. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people queuing up to do that. Um, and I think that would be a huge And then it gets people up to St. James's Park, it gets them around the ground, it gets them involved with stuff. Um, just, you know, way before two o'clock, for example, which is still, not, there's not many people around at two o'clock, really, is there? Um, and I think as we said outside of match days as well, I think it could be a huge opportunity um to get people in and around the club.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. It'd be interesting whether maybe they, maybe they follow the 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 box park idea down on, on Wembley Way, um, or yeah. which is similar to what the stack was with the kind of the, the shipment containers or whether they go for something a bit more that's what, that's what I was
1: thinking of the stack, yeah, definitely. I think that, that that sort of thing could work, whether they whether the club are willing to hand over some of the control of that. Um, It was, for me, it would make sense. Um, It would benefit, then it would start benefiting more people, but still be a big attraction for the, for people to come up to the, the area, wouldn't it?
0: I've been looking at, at examples and I mentioned there that Man City have uh, not just one fan zone but but two because they have a, a kids fan zone as well which takes place on uh, the City Football Academy before match days. Now, totally free to do. You've got to buy your tickets in advance but they are free. Um, and on their website it explains what it is. Uh, a completely free event that runs for two and a half hours before every home weekend match on the indoor pitch at the academy. Join us for free, pre-match fun. Get involved with all activities. Meet Moonbeam, who I'm assuming is the uh, the mascot in Moonchester. Snap a photo with the trophies and take part in competitions to win some uh, prizes. You can re- redeem up the six tickets per person. And the event is available for all fans. You do not need a match day ticket to attend. Uh, so that, in terms of, for, for the younger audience, is, is ideal, but then the question is, where do you put that? Because we're talking about the space Newcastle United have got, they won't have the space to do that and then do a, a fan part like you like you see up on Wembley, or if it is a version of the stack. No, I think that's a fair point,
1: and, and it, it's quite hard to envisage it just at the minute. Um, and that's what I think that goes back to your point that it has to be for families. Because if they just went down one one route, then it's very it's very limited, and it'd be very like a one purpose just purely for matches but if they do something which can be used for away from matches you know they they used to do um i remember uh, we've been to the the football card trade and things with other events obviously they've got a bit of space inside st james's now but if they have a purpose-built area for that to get kids in during the summer holidays all sorts of things then it's almost limitless what they could use it for um it doesn't just have to be for kids and family stuff but as long as it's not a, you know, just, just a bar area or something like that which to be fair no one really has suggested it's going to be healthy um, then it just opens it up to to be used for whatever the club decides is, is the best thing for them and it just gives them a, a decent space to to utilise how, how they see fit. Mm. Yeah I mean I, I, I'm thinking about
0: what I would like to see and I think obviously you want uh, vendors in whether it be local vendors so like uh, obviously there's loads of businesses you can name but i'm just going to pluck some out there No, know like whether it be meat stack down the big market yeah. and they come in and or maybe the alternate food vans and they can get different food vans in and but i think it'd be, in my head I'm, i've got this kind of image of a it open space it, pretty much as i say like the stack where you you go and get your food and then you can sit down wherever you've got your food from and you can sit down and enjoy it. big stage you'll know, get special guests up ex players up live music and then that's you know two or three hours before the game kicks off, gets to half two, closes, and you walk up to the ground, takes you two minutes, and, 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 and you're inside water, watered and
1: fed. No, exactly. That sounds sounds ideal. I think we'll probably benefit from some sort of closed-off closed, closed off space, uh, you know, undercover, um, just because we all know what it's like in February. outside like St. James' Park, don't we? And then that does open up a little bit for, for multi purpose usage, doesn't it? But um, certainly, you know, these, these games that we've got, it's... Like the end of the season when you've just got a million around outside St. james as if you've got something that people can do around the ground i think it's it to be an absolute boom for them it's, it can be fantastic um i think one one thing to, which you should look at or, or be aware of is that i'm quite happy with it being outside the ground and this is separate from the match experience almost um i i, I don't think knowing what the, how, how much the owners have appreciated the, the Sir James's atmosphere recently. I, I don't think anyone would be looking to tweet that. But I think it's almost, you, know, you really just want on, on the match day, when you're in in the ground, it's that atmosphere generated by a team which you're looking forward to see play, which you feel can beat anyone on the day, which they're trying to build at the minute. That creates its own atmosphere, doesn't it? And I don't think it benefits from any sort of hype trying to, you know, raise the, you know, false, falsifying atmosphere. Um, I think they need to make sure that they keep that quite separate. I don't think they need gimmicks inside the, inside the match, if you know what I mean. Um,
0: yeah. You ru- um, rule out any um, pre-match entertainment, like, yeah. you know, on the pitch before, and you can, you can keep the, the little trying to do the crossbar challenge, but we don't yeah, want yeah, exactly, anything, anything yeah. else. Yeah. And that you just, you want it, the atmosphere to build as it does quite nicely then before the flags, um, Raise up. I mean, I mean, you're right. It's got to be covered, hasn't it? I mean, if anyone's been in the Granger Market recently down in Newcastle, they've they've, they've done the roof wonderfully well. And I mean, it, the light that comes into there now it is unbelievable and it's made such a difference. So maybe something like that, you know, where it's it's light and it's open, but it is covered because of the elements of and the tendency to for it, to chuck it down. You know, loads of planning going to go into this. You know, it's not just going to be the fact of what they have on those days. Like we said, It's going to be about, about the design of the building and, and, and how they actually house, what they get. Um, looking again at, at Manchester City, so their the other kind of fan zone, the City Square. So that's open two and a half hours before kick-off. Three large screens. They've got a main stage, a bar and a cafe, live music. They've had 1975 um, perform there. Are you a fan? I'm born in
1: 1974, so I just missed out, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: uh, you've Got a, a couple of DJs, games, competitions, and special guests. So, and I mean, I've just texted one of my my friends. There. He's a Man City fan. He says it's quite lively on, on match days in there, and it, and it is a real popular uh, place to go for fans in the build up to the game. So, I mean, that to me sounds it does sound like a, a good thing.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I, I guess I guess with the Etihad, it's, it's like it's not in the city centre, is it? I mean, Newcastle's it's not unique by any stretch but certainly for a, a big stadium it's it's reasonably unique in in being so close to the city centre um a lot of these ones even even the Liverpools and, and old Traffords they're not there's stuff around them but that you know then it's not a great plunk in the middle of the city so you, you can't be in a bar in the middle of Newcastle and you can mean your seat in, in 15 minutes can't you from from leaving it there's not many places can have that so i guess i guess they do have that competition with the already the organic city centre that's there whereas Etihad doesn't have that. When you when you go out there, there's pretty much all you can do is go to the matches, isn't it? So that's, I guess, it makes more sense for them to do that. Um, I think they'll do it right at Newcastle and, and make you want to go there. I, that's why I think, as, as we said at the start, if it was just bars and entertainment, well, there's other options for that as well. So, whilst it might it might be a great experience there. You know, it's it's not your only choice, is it? So they would have to do something to attract in. I think um, having bands on is a certainly certainly good way of doing it. Um, I know plenty of times we've got to the ground early and just literally wandered around, or you just end up sitting in your seat, don't you, and um, watch a bit of the warm-ups, which is great. But it's just, if there's an alternative to do it, then we'd certainly be there, definitely. So, um, yeah, just some just a reason to, to to go, I think, isn't it? Other than just you can buy a pint here before the match.
0: Um, You've you, yeah. you kind of alluded to it there, so. do you think they they will carefully consider the impact on, on, on the venues around them so obviously you have the strawberry, I and that's not going to be impacted because it's no, the world famous no. strawberry. but you do have um, several dozen establishments pubs within a, yeah, like a mile yeah. radius of, of the stadium now uh, like you know I think people do have their favourite places to go so not everyone will kind of kind of migrate to this this, this fans' zone yeah, park sure but do you that. think that's something they're going to consider they, they, they want to get the balance right they don't necessarily want to steal custom away from these pubs, which have been doing it for decades and generations, but at the same time they've got to make a profit and they've got to
1: make it the best they can possibly be. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's a business, isn't it? But I, I think I think those things will be taken into consideration. It's possibly why I mentioned earlier about involving local businesses. Obviously, you're not going to get other bars involved, but if you can have, you know, you're putting something back into the city, on you by giving some opportunities to to smaller businesses to get involved. I think that that would be a good way of doing it. There's plenty of new bars open all the time around the city centre, and it's just you know, it's that's just business, isn't it? And if, if you've got something which someone else doesn't, then you're going to do better, I guess, aren't you? So, uh, um, the pricing will be interesting, I guess. That's uh, but that's you know, around every football club, you know, the prices always increase a little bit. Um, but once you're inside the stadium, you're a captive audience, you're not when you're outside the stadium, I guess, aren't you? So, uh, that that would that might be quite interesting. Bashir's bars are packed out, isn't it? <laughs> to be fair, before a match, so.
0: Maybe a bit more competitive price, and I did ask some of our listeners for their ideas. So, uh, Michael Smith says he'd like to see decent quality food and drink, locally sourced, ideal pairing with existing local businesses to run it. In many ways, the guys down Leisure Park Road have the right idea for match days. Um, you have Simon Allen saying he'd like a beer tent, a family activity zone, club merch, local business merch, food stalls. Um, we've got uh, people asking for massive screens.
1: That would be interesting, especially when they're on at a, at a, at a three o'clock game. When there's a you know a, a half twelve match kicking off, and some of you go watch that before you go in the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then obviously you, you you filter
0: out and go into the stadium. I mean, it's all just very exciting, and just the fact that we're talking about it is exciting as well. That you, yeah. you yeah. you've got owners who want to do right by not just the club but but the city by. Doing something to enhance it. It, 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 obviously the sole purpose would be to enhance the matchday experience, you, you know. But it also it, it will bring benefits to, to to the city. And under the previous owner, it, you never had anything. I think I think we was the was the one match was the one match park for some sort of special event. I can't remember what it was, but there was never a talk of being a, a permanent thing. Obviously, they saw the land, so that was probably a sticking point. But yeah. I think it's just a bigger picture. You've got people in charge who are looking at spending money, but they know that they can they can gain from that, and and the city can gain gain from that, and it, it's doing right by the club.
1: Exactly, it was part of the takeover pitch, wasn't it? If we go back almost three years now, when that first first started, one of the the big things that they made a a big play about was was the the ability to invest in the city, wasn't it? Um and that's this is this i think this could be a key part of it um it's certainly just from a physical point of view the development what is essentially waste space at the minute or unused tissue space i should say um so already that's that's a, a positive benefit if that's going to be used in something which is more presentable actually people are using bringing in revenue um as I say, if, if they can sort of diversify that revenue i mean you know in a horrible sense. We all know fans are essentially commodities, aren't we, who, who bring in revenue to the club, but it's, it's how the club uses that and, and how they make the fans feel. They're making the fans feel that they're, they're special, that they're actually putting things on for the fans. As you say, I remember th- there was the French day they did, wasn't yeah. it? And, and actually after the signed Sissoko, Hadara, Gufran way back in, what was what, 2012, 13 or something? Long time, 10, at least 10 years ago, which was essentially... Th- there's a few French flags around, wasn't there? I think they might. Have, I think this did they rename some of the food or something like that, but like, right, that was a nice idea at the time, fair enough. But it's nothing which makes you feel you want to come there, you want to go for anything other than the match. Um, so it's it's again, it's, it's another way of making fans feel wanted by the club, isn't it? Um, and that they're putting on something good, they're extra mile, maybe. and we all know that means spending more money and going into the club tails. but if if you made to feel happy whilst doing it, then who's
0: on? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, obviously, they've had magic weekends for the last couple of years at St. Yeah. James's Park, and yeah. they have had fan zones, it's a strawberry place to, again, just enhance it. So, I mean, the quote here uh, about it this year, this is from anyone, obviously, the, the the company that kind of looks after the economic tourist side of, of the city. Uh, and the quote is the fan zone will be very similar to last year with activity for all the family uh the army will take over part of the fan zone with some fun but physical challenges for fans to take on so there we go you know you might have to have a workout there will be music entertainment hosted by a dj there are merchandise stalls to get into the spirit hot food and drink stores and rides and attractions uh and that's one thing i mean i did did joke the other week I'd, i'd like to see some giant inflatables maybe when the weather's nice get some giant inflatables out that'd be
1: fun wouldn't it Right, yeah, I'd, I'd look forward to seeing you taking on the, the giant flavour balls. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. But yeah, it's about being innovative, isn't it? If, if you actually say that. Um, but again, it gives them the scope to do that, actually, doesn't it? At the minute, they want to do something on the spur of the moment. Doesn't They can't, particularly, can they? Um, once you've got this space embedded into the, the match day routine, they can do it. They've got the space to say, actually, tell you what you can do in a fortnight's time for the next tour match. And apart from the logistics of actually getting it organised, they've got the space to do it. I think that's often the thing that will stop them doing It's just, well, why do we do that? Uh, They can't just do it out on Barrow Road, can they? Um, So, I think that's just, getting this first step in place opens up a whole new world of opportunities, doesn't it? And stuff, I mean, look like the the Sam Fender concerts and things like that. I mean, obviously, they were a huge success. If they want to start making that a regular occurrence, obviously, I appreciate Fender's got the, the local links, but you know, people have come. To be fair, Sunderland have done it really well, and they used the stadium alive for some some huge concerts. If they can then roll that out and and make St James's Park and, and a slightly bigger area, Newcastle, that city centre area, more of a, a viable opportunity, that you're not just giving them the space inside the ground because because that that can be done in a lot of places. But you can also say, well, not only are we giving you a great venue, we can also offer this before the concert. There's this, you know, we've got this space where you can. Do all sorts of things. Then I think that that makes Saint James is a better financial viable financial uh, prospect for for loads more people.
0: Yeah, it does. And again, it goes back to the point that you you, you know that if there's those opportunities, then those at Saint James Park are looking at the at them, considering them, and, and actually saying, yeah, we we have an opportunity. to 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 do something to enhance the match day experience to make more money for the club to make more money for the city and I know I'm repeating myself but that is just a refreshing thing to be able to say about an owner of Newcastle United
1: yeah exactly yeah yeah who wants wants to be here and wants to make the most of it yeah i think you're right again as as what you said right at the top um having the right people in place to do that that they've the recognized what needs to be done that they the spoke last week about the the commercial department how that's They've been, you know, surviving recently. Not recently, sorry, in previous years, and how that needs to be hugely expanded. And they've got plans to do that. Um, we've seen what Darren eels has come in and said that experience he's got. These aren't just people with pipe dreams. These are people with ideas of how it works because they've done it elsewhere. Um, and it doesn't happen overnight. Of course, it's got to take step by step. But it's it's encouraging and refreshing to see that there's people with ambitions. And also got the know how of how to to fulfil those ambitions as well. We're so instant, relatively instantly on the playing front, and now we're seeing it as the the club as a as a bigger entity. Really, yeah,
0: I guess the the big question is, do we think it'll be ready for the new season? If it is shipping containers, I mean, I imagine you'd still have to get planning permission for it. You'd have to get some plan permission, but yeah. I don't imagine, as you said, there'd be any objections to it um and then those containers themselves are probably relatively easy to source and to stack up and and what have you oh <laughs> well, excuse the pun um i think that's my, I think that's my brother <laughs> from him. um so i mean you 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 would think and obviously we don't know the logistics we don't know the the ins and outs of it but you would think it would be ready for the new season not least because they have champions league match days as as well um that said of course it looks like the man city Fan zone and stuff. Uh, at least the kids one is only open on on weekends. So I don't know whether. I mean, obviously Newcastle will do as they please. You would imagine they would try and get it open as well for for evening and, and night nighttime kickoffs because you've got an audience that want to be there. But I would I would like to think, yeah. and this is just me again. I haven't got any inside knowledge, but I'd like to think it would be ready for the new season because your opportunities start right there and then the, the, the first you know with the first uh, afternoon against Aston Villa. Hundred
1: percent, and we've seen with These owners that when they want to get something done, it gets it gets done, really, doesn't it? Um, so it wouldn't be a huge surprise. It's what it's a balance, isn't it? With everything you, you want it done right so that you, you don't want them to rush it, but they've got that whole they've got the whole summer to go. I know it'll be here before we know it to start the season, but as you say, hopefully, it's not, it's not a huge structural undertaking, you think you would imagine, at least, anyhow. So it, it, it would seem daft, it would seem a wasted opportunity if, if there wasn't something there, at least for the, the first game of the season. Um, it's not. It's only what, it's about seven eight weeks away I guess so um, not that far off is it yeah um, but yeah I would imagine there'll be, be at least something or at least the, if that's not ready there'll be a big sell I could use that as a big moment to sort of announce who they are uh, or to Newcastle not announce because of course they've already done that but you know to show who they are to, to Newcastle fans um, I would expect something around that first game and then as you said the first Champions League game which is only in September isn't it so yeah um, that's not that'll come pretty quickly as well once the season's underway.
0: Yeah, looking at the city fans, it looks like it is open for all games. So you would you would think Newcastle's would be as well. Just to finish off, and Stu, paint our listeners a picture. You're walking up um, towards St James's Park. You're about to go through the doors of this fan zone. What are you seeing?
1: I'm see- well, you're seeing. What are seeing? Spaces for people to. Um, Join in with activities. I'm th- I'm perhaps it's just my my current stay, I'm thinking of family stuff. Um, you're thinking of, of of stage. I think it's some sort of stage where events could be happening. There is places to eat. There's places to drink. Um, it's just a it's just a multi use space, really, isn't it? Where the club can do what can they can they can mold that into however they want. Um, but a, a, a nice relaxed atmosphere. It was funny enough, actually. You wonder about away fans as well, don't you? And and how that can integrate. I was remember seeing a tweet from a, I think it's a policeman. It's not an official account, but from Leicester Police Authority, and he, he basically does he does a little guide for Leicester fans wherever they go, uh, and it was a list of away pubs. And he just said, "They're none. you're welcome anywhere in Newcastle," which is I think is a refreshing thing, isn't it? Um, so there's almost could be should be scope for away fans to be there where. You know you can enjoy the the pre-match festivities, for want of a better word, in a, in a nice, safe environment. Um, I mean, imagine it on a nice, sunny day. I can't I think of forgetting what it's like most much to aren't we? But, yeah, it's, it's somewhere where it's basically a free-for-all for families to come in and enjoy enjoy the space before the match, um, and you're not just doing laps of the stadium, um, waiting to, to go in and sit in your seat, which i found myself doing on many occasions, to be honest or try and persuade someone that they don't need to buy another replica shirt out of the, the club shop.
0: <laughs> well, it's certainly going to be interesting to see what this fan zone looks like and we'll keep you up to date with all the plans on chroniclelive.co.uk. Thank you very much to Stu for stepping in and replacing Gibbo while he's on his holidays. Gibbo will be back next week to you guys Listen, Thank you, as always, for following the podcast. Please remember to like and follow it. And for me, myself, Stu, we'll see you very soon.